Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Jennifer, thank you so much for taking some time and joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, so I guess first month of school is kind of give or take uh, done a little bit. How has things gone generally? You know, generally we have been so excited and waiting for an opportunity to start with in-person learning, to have all of our kids and all of our staff back in the buildings. The last school year, the last couple of school years have been very difficult in that, and, and so we have been really excited to see our students and our staff back in the buildings um, and, and beginning to learn and engage in activities in, in their school again, and, and that's been really exciting. Now, uh, the public school division did a, um, a staggered start, is that correct? We did. We had feedback from last year that a slower entry and, and more uh, small groups coming into the school that first week after a long summer break was something that was beneficial to the students and something that was beneficial to the staff. It allowed more one-on-one and small group opportunity to talk with students to see how their summer was and to really help gradually welcome them back into the school environment and into the school routine. Uh, We once again received really positive feedback from parents, from our staff, and from our students about staggered entry this year. So uh, really nice that we were able to have that um, smaller, more calm approach and and return back to school after a a very busy summer and uh, pleased for all of the feedback that we got. Uh, It was so important to hear from parents and from students about their experience and whether that met their needs and, and we appreciate parent feedback. Now, do you think like, say, like knock on wood in a perfect world moving forward, like next year, uh, would this be something maybe that you would look to do in like maybe a non-COVID time or would you go back to just how it was before? The overwhelming um, feedback that we've had right now is for us to continue to consider it um, in, even in a non-COVID year. And so if that was something uh, we absolutely, because of the feedback, uh, we, we will continue to consider that and we'll seek feedback when it comes time to set our calendar again. That typically happens um, more towards the end of this calendar year, the start of the new calendar year, January, February, March. Um, and we'll be going back out and asking for feedback. So, uh, But right now, the, the preliminary feedback is that people are asking us to continue to consider this even, even in a non-COVID year. So it really speaks to, I think, the support that students and staff were feeling as a result of a a slower start back in, a gradual start back in. And so if that seems to be meeting people's needs, then we will continue continue to to include that in our calendar. No, that's very neat. And then I I guess uh, with the the pressing topic anywhere, just with like COVID, uh, what kind of precautions do uh, the PSD have with uh, the schools going on right now? Well, certainly we are required to follow all of the orders from the Chief Medical Health Officer. Uh, There have been a a number of changes in the last couple of weeks, and so one of the things that I would, you know, really want to express is my appreciation for families and, and for our community as we try and work through and and, and re- respond to these changes that, that have been made. These are changes that Alberta Health Services and Alberta government require and implement uh, for individuals to be following, and we learn about them. Um, our school division, all school divisions in our province, certainly Fort McMurray Public School Divisions as well, 
we learn about these changes on the six o'clock or the five o'clock or the two o'clock news, just as the remainder of our our parents and our our community learns about these changes. And so we have asked for people's patience and understanding as we learn these things alongside them and then try and respond, well, what does this mean in our school? What does that mean for our teaching practice? What does that mean for our students and our staff? And so we have you know, really been reliant on, um, on flexibility and support and understanding from our parents and our staff as we try and implement to the best of our ability the orders who are required to follow by health. And so so appreciative of the, the support and, and the flexibility for people. We know that this is difficult. It's challenging to learn about a change and then need to be making it swiftly. So I, I, I guess we're getting good at it, um, but it doesn't mean that it's easy, and it, it certainly uh, can be provide challenges. Yeah. What, what, what kind of changes do you think would help out with uh, the FMPSD instead of, like, say, learning right as a matter of fact? Like, uh, what would help moving forward, do you think, with that type of situation? I mean, certainly advanced. Every, every person that I have talked to um, have, have all requested the same thing, and that is as, as early of an advanced notice as possible. Uh, and the, the challenge is that this is a, a, a global pandemic and the province is once again in a provincial state of emergency. And so I think that the luxury of advance notice certainly doesn't seem to live in an emergency response scenario, which is, which is the challenge, right? Because um, advance notice would allow us to plan and communicate out so that people wouldn't be caught and, and needing to quickly shift. And what, what has happened in, as a result of this emergency, this public emergency, health emergency, is that we are required to learn information and, and quickly adjust and respond to it. And that, that's just the reality of how we found ourselves in this global pandemic. Yeah. Is there hybrid like learning? Is, there, is it all in person or is some online as well? We are sure hoping for a whole year of in-person. That is my goal. That is the work that we are trying to do. Fort McMurray Public Schools does offer um, an online program. There was some um, registration and timeline pieces around that, and we do know that there are some families where dedicated home-based learning, um, parent-led learning, which is, is homeschooling, parent-led homeschooling, or teacher-led homeschooling or online learning are the best options for those children and those families, and we do have all of those programs available. Um, and then we also have in-person learning. I know over the last two years, some of those classes have been moved online. At this time, we have no classes that have been moved online. Um, we are working really hard, and we appreciate parents who continue to, every morning, do that daily health checklist. Um, they are keeping kids home when they are sick. We are asking parents, you know, if they are observing and seeing the development of new symptoms or worsening symptoms, that they um, follow the chief medical health officer's um, instructions on what to do there, and that um, in anyone, staff, students, anyone um, who has symptoms of illness not come to school. We do have uh, one piece of information the chief medical health officer has indicated as a, a way to monitor our system, and that's if we have 10% of our student or staff body absent due to illness. And we know as the cases of COVID and as the cases of illness in our community in Fort McMurray specifically rise, we have seen a 
corresponding increase in the number of students and staff absent from school due to illness, with a majority of our schools experiencing that 10% or higher level of students absent due to illness. So we do know that illness is in the community. We do know that positive cases of COVID are still being identified in Fort McMurray and that children and youth and families are are some of the individuals being being identified as having positive COVID. So so we need for people to continue to do that daily health checklist and to remain at home if they have new symptoms or or changing symptoms that they are uncertain about. Once again, it's Jennifer Turner, Superintendent for McMurray Public School Division, with the interview that was recorded on Tuesday, September 28th. I'm Sean Kreitz with Fort McMurray Matters, going to be taking our first break, but then we'll be right back. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Good afternoon. It's Sean Kreitz with Fort McMurray Matters. It's Friday, October 10th. Have Jennifer Turner, Superintendent from the FMPSD, on the interview for today. This was recorded, I will say, on Tuesday, September 28th. So with that in mind, we'll hop right into it. For teachers and staffers, I guess like um, uh, it's stressful time as well uh, for them. Is it hard? Like, are you having to find like a lot of substitutes uh, throughout the COVID? We are. Um, we can confirm that we are actually um, hiring <laughs> New, new casual staff for a teacher on call and for teacher uh, uh, assistant supervisor positions. And so individuals who have a degree and or individuals who have a degree in education, there are casual places for both of those kinds of individuals. Um, we're really looking to try and add to our casual list. We know that we do not have enough replacement teachers uh, for, the class, for the number of absences we have on a daily basis. And so absolutely, if, if there are people who are interested in working as a, as a TOC or a TAS, that's what they're called, we would encourage you to go to the Fort McMurray um, website and look under job opportunities. We certainly are hiring, and, and, and that is a, a real need for us as we experience high levels of, of illness and, and absence in our system. Has it ever gotten to a time where uh, you didn't have... Uh, any teachers available for a classroom just due to um, uh, symptoms and whatnot. Has a classroom ever been empty, I guess? Has it ever gone to that situation? Well, certainly last year, um, that is part of the reason that we moved to online learning prior to the, the rest of the province and, and we remained out longer is, is that we had higher numbers of um, absences at that time. Close contact also required people to isolate and stay home. And so operationally, we were in a position that we were unable to have teachers and students and, and a number of staff needed to operationally run a school. Wow. Um, and that became a real challenge. So what we're working really hard on, and that is why you know, we continue to ensure that every person is following the chief medical health officer's requirements mm -hmm. is because we don't ever want to get back to that position where operationally we can't have a classroom open or a school open. 
um, we believe very much that the best opportunity for learning and for support for families and for students is to have children in person and to have them attending school. And so that means that we need to be working collectively as hard as we can to ensure that if you are ill or sick, that you remain home, that um, that you are able to continue to, you know, use hand sanitizer, wash your hands, uh, wear masks as required by the chief medical health officer in the locations that are required, um, and that we are honoring those physical distancing and cohorting requirements that are currently um, provincially required. Those are the things that will keep us in person. And as our illness rates go up, we're really needing to make sure that we're focused on that so that we can keep every one of our students in person that need to be or, or that are choosing to be registered in an in-person environment. Our goal is, is to not have to revisit um, online learning. Uh, we don't believe that that was, was the ideal circumstance for, for children or for families who then had to figure out how to be a teacher at home, right? That's, that's not how school is typically delivered. So we're working really hard on that. Once again, Jennifer Turner, Superintendent, FMPSD. Interview that was recorded earlier in the week on Tuesday. We'll be right back. We're just going to take our second break right here. We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Hey, good afternoon. It's Sean Kreitz with Fort McMurray Matters. Friday, October 1st, we are joined again with Jennifer Turner, Superintendent for the FMPSD. Now, preface this by saying, this interview was recorded on Tuesday, the 28th. So we'll hop right into it. Now, an important week coming up here and an important day, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Uh, is the FMPSD participating and, uh, I guess, educating on that? Absolutely. I'm really proud of our Board of Trustees. Um, it was only days after the, the federal government announced the national holiday that our Board of Trustees at the June regular public board meeting um, spoke about and debated this matter. Um, they have decided at that time to make a calendar change and um, indicated in June, very, very early, they were forerunners in the province to change the calendar and to ensure that the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation would be honored on the 30th of September. Um, we've got tremendous amount of support from our trustees. We have uh, a number of activities. Uh, our assistant superintendent of uh, education and a team of Indigenous student support cultural teachers and, uh, and cultural support staff are working to ensure that all students, um, all staff in our system have access to professional learning, uh, learning activities that uh, instruction can continue around the uh, important understanding about treaties, and understanding about residential school history and legacy, understanding the impact of this on an ongoing basis today. Um, some of the things that we learned about is we also formed last year an elders council, which uh, includes representatives of elders from across Fort McMurray and the Wood Buffalo region who helped us understand what would be appropriate or how to best support both our First Nation, Métis and Inuit students and families, but also others on how to 
how to honor and learn about this day. Um, because the September 30th is uh, a holiday and Fort McMurray Public School Division is honoring that day, um, we will be in orange um, at our board meeting on September 29th. In addition, all of our staff will be, be wearing orange and will be uh, observing the National Truth and Reconciliation Day with instructional activities and tasks. That's well, incredible. It's awesome to hear. And finally, there's uh, an election coming up for the FMPSD. Uh, why do you think the election is so important? The role of governance and the role of really being able to speak to and advocate local educational issues are really, really important. Um, our Board of Trustees has been able to advocate and speak to Minister of Education, to government, to a variety of different government agencies on the needs of our local children and staff and families. And so ro the role of, of locally elected trustees is really, really important. We have a number of candidates on the docket for Fort McMurray Public School Division, and we believe very much in the democratic process of exercising your voice and, and voting um, and indicating who do you believe is the best person to represent the needs of families and of children and of education for Fort McMurray. And so we really just encourage people to get out there and exercise their civic opportunity to hear, you know, have their voice heard and to vote. Yeah, I think uh, if I'm looking at the website right now, seven trustee positions, and I believe there's 13 people that have submitted their name forward. So sounds like a pretty good selection there. And we would encourage people to just, you know, learn about each one of those candidates and their background and, and their work in serving children and serving the best interest of children and serving the best interest of education uh, and, and then getting out there and voting. Now, anything else that we haven't uh, touched on here, um, Jennifer, that you would like to let everyone know about? I would certainly want to do, a, again, in closing, a great shout out to our teachers, to our educators, to our education assistants, custodians, operations, maintenance, technology department, our human resources and finance department. People have been working so hard to make sure that we have a healthy and safe uh, and supportive start to our school year, and they've done an extraordinary job once again, uh, and, a, and a great word of appreciation for our parents, um, our, our, extended, you know, our children's extended families, uh, caregivers. It is taking every single one of us to try and make sure that a healthy, safe education year can continue, um, and so appreciate people's support and their um, their attention to that daily health checklist. Uh, I know that that is an, an additional task every morning, but it just makes the world of difference for us to be able to focus on teaching and learning and doing what's best for kids. So thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. It was Jennifer Turner, Superintendent for the FMPSD, joining me today on Fort McMurray Matters. Thank you. Once again, that interview was done on Tuesday, September 28th. That's all the time we have today for Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Sean Kreitz. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you missed the earlier part of the episode, you can always go on over to our website where this will be posted shortly and for many more episodes from past weeks. Like I said, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will chat with you later. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at mix1037fm.com. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.